even restricting your eating window to about 12 hours could protect against obesity, metabolic disease, and more. However, there are a few guidelines that women over 40 need to be aware of when it comes to time-restricted eating, or what is sometimes referred to as intermittent fasting. Welcome to Rev Your Metabolism with Alicia Murphy. I'm Alicia, your host, creator of Stress Monkey Fitness, The Rev Method, and your go-to health coach for being super fit and unstoppable after 40. With 15 years of rocking the fitness and nutrition industry, plus overseeing the wellness program for a major shoe company, I'm here to share my knowledge with you. Are you ready to join me on an exciting journey to restore your metabolism, boost your health, and turn back the aging clock? On this podcast, we'll unlock the secrets to boundless energy, burning more fat naturally, and feeling confident in your own skin. Get ready to soak up simple yet powerful strategies that will transform your health and fitness game. These tips will be a game changer, so hang on to your hats and glasses. And do not forget to hit that follow button so you won't miss any of our amazing tips and tricks. All right, let's rev it up. What's up, Rever? It's me, Alicia. Welcome to the Rev Your Metabolism podcast. Grab your shoes, let's walk and talk get outside, and I'm going to tell you some super helpful information when it comes to what most people refer to as intermittent fasting, but really we should refer to it as time-restricted eating, and I'll talk more about that in just a second. So today we're diving deep into the fascinating world of time-restricted eating. You want to know what it is exactly, the benefits it offers, and how it influences something called the circadian rhythm, I've got you covered. But that's not all my fabulous rever. I'm also going to discuss with you how to start implementing time-restricted eating and the adjustments for women or those over 40 may need to consider If you're looking for a powerful way to optimize your health, boost your metabolism, and make a positive impact on your overall well-being, then this episode is going to be right up your alley. All right, let's jump in to today's time-restricted eating episode. All right, so first let me just say that There's a lot we don't know for sure when it comes to this topic. So a lot of the things I'm going to say is it may do this and it could do that. But there are for sure certain benefits to eating within a certain window of time. And that's why I don't really like to use the word intermittent fasting because that infers that you're fasting for a few days in a row at different times of the year. Does that make sense? So fasting is different 
than a time-restricted window of eating. So I just wanted to make sure that I'm being clear on that today. Um, but today we're going to dish on what is time-restricted eating exactly. So I'm going I'm to define it for you. What are the benefits? We're going to talk about circadian rhythm and why that's so important. And I'm going to tell you how to get started on this. So what is time-restricted eating? Well, basically, it's just an eating pattern. Eating within just a limited time per day. And I think that all people, unless you have a medical reason not to do so, should at the very least have a 12-hour window where they take in calories and a 12-hour window where they do not take in calories. And for some people at first, when I tell them this, they're like, wait, what? And so think about it like this. If you eat your last calorie at 8 p.m., then you just overnight, you're sleeping and you just wouldn't eat another calorie till 8 a.m. So it's not that out of line, right? So this is basically just, again, an eating pattern. You're eating within a certain time per day. And this is probably what most people mean when they use the now popular term intermittent fasting. But again, because Rever, you are going to be in the know and you're going to have the right lingo, we're going to start calling it time-restricted eating. Yeah? All right, so I'm going to talk really quickly about the different types of fasting, and then you're going to see the dramatic difference between what we're talking about with the time-restricted eating and what fasting actually means. So prolonged fasting or a multiple-day fasting. A true prolonged fast would be nothing but water. Um, Some also include tea and minerals with zero calories, for a period of time, typically three to seven days at a time. That is going to be a prolonged fast. So when we're saying intermittent fasting, it just kind of implies that you're doing these three to seven days fasting intermittently. So there's another kind of fast called the 5-2 fast. This is another popular variation of fasting. Five days out of the seven-day week, you're normally eating. But two of the seven days per week, and they're not not days in a row, okay, so you would break these days up, you're typically eating a hypocaloric diet of 400 to 600 calories. And I want to say right now, I'm not promoting these things. I just want to make sure that we're understanding the different type of food restriction methods there are out there. And you know, going back to the time, the prolonged fast, I want to mention something. There is a term called autophagy where basically your cells repair themselves. And there's a lot of talk about intermittent fasting, but we are going to call that time-restricted eating, that that helps to increase autophagy. But here's the reality of this. To have major benefits like that, you're talking more of a three to seven day fast. And you really need to know what you're doing when it comes to fasting for that long of a period. So don't just not eat for three to seven days, please. You need to know what you're doing. But I just want to make sure that, you know, there's a lot of health claims when it comes to 
our time-restricted eating on a day-to-day basis, there are some major benefits I'm going to share with you. But a lot of these claims are kind of out of the realm of reality. <laughs> let's, let's just say that. Okay, then we have the alternate day fasting method. So this is pretty strict. You're going to consume nothing every other day. Now, this would be pretty challenging to maintain over the long haul, don't you think? And more common versions of this, it's called ADF, alternate day fasting, are going to be every other day you have a hypocaloric day, like what I mentioned. So an example would be you're going to have 800 calories on a fasting day, and then the next day you're going to have a normal amount of calories on the non-fasting day. And again, I don't, I'm not promoting this at all, okay? I think I, I'm constantly telling people whatever you do to get results, you need to be able to maintain it. So, you know, doing these things like 75 hard, and if you don't know what that means, don't worry about it. We'll talk about it another time. You know, yeah, you're going to get great results, but what's going to happen when you stop doing it? That's what we always need to consider. Is this something that I'm going to be able to maintain for the long haul? Now, we're going to get into time-restricted feeding. Now, the idea is where you increase the window from just an overnight fast, meaning you're sleeping, so you're not eating, into a slightly longer window. To use time-restricted feeding lingo, you would call it a 12-12. You know what I think it's time for right now? Because we haven't done one yet. That's right. A fact or fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fact or fiction. All right, so a 12-12. If I said, hey, I want you to do a time-restricted feeding window of a 12-12. Fact or fiction? That would mean 12 hours of fasting followed by a 12-hour window of taking in calories. Yeah, that's a fact. That was an easy one. I gave you that one. So again, if you say 12-12, that means you're 12 hours of calories, 12 hours of not calories. Now, if I'm sorry, flip that. 12 hours of fasting, 12 hours of calories. So if somebody was to say an 11-13, that's, or let's say a 13-11, that's 13 hours of fasting, 11 hours of eating. I think I'm just probably making you more confused. Here, okay, so you can extend that and you can say, you know, a 14-10 window or a 16-8 window, or an 18-6 window. So basically, the first number refers to the period of time that has no calories, followed by the window in time in which one would be able to consume calories. So just so you know, whenever you're reading about these different types of intermittent fasting, time-restricted eating, if it says something like 16-8, The first number refers to no eating, and the second number refers to the window of eating. So 16-8 would be 16 hours of fasting and 8 hours of eating. And again, at this point, I'm not promoting this, 
right? I, I'm going to I'm going to talk a little bit more as we move through this, but I just wanted to make sure that you understand that there's all kinds of different methods out there. But we're going to focus on time-restricted eating today. So restricting eating to about an 8 to 12-hour window during the day, ideally earlier in the day to align with circadian rhythm. We're going to talk more about that in just a minute. We stand to benefit from a variety of angles when we do this. So you're only eating within an 8 to 12-hour window, right? So 16-8 to me is a bit on the extreme end. That's going to be easier for men to pull off than for most women. And I'm not going to say all because one size does not fit all. We know that. But one thing you need to understand is that women are sensitive to the stress hormone cortisol especially as we age, we get more and more sensitive to that. So when you restrict your calories too much, that can send your body into a state of fight or flight and increase that stress hormone cortisol. And by now, well, you should know this, but we're going to go ahead and throw in a fact or fiction. You ready? Fact or fiction. The stress hormone cortisol can raise the blood sugar. Is that fact or fiction? Yeah, that's a fact. You should know that one by now, Rever. So that's the problem here is when we restrict our calories too much. And again, this doesn't happen to all women. It, we each handle this differently, and it depends on your age. It depends on your lifestyle. But as we get older, we're more sensitive to cortisol. So if you're restricting your eating into a too small of a window and that's causing your cortisol to raise too high too often, what's going to happen is this fat storage cycle where your blood sugar goes up, so your body releases insulin to lower the blood sugar. And then because you're not using that blood sugar right away as energy, it could end up stored as fat. We've talked about that in previous episodes, so I'm not going to go into it now. But this is why what I'm going to talk to you about today, if you want to try a time-restricted window, you need to ease into it. But I'm just going to tell you, I really think that eating only within an eight-hour window, if you're young, it's probably going to be fine. If you're a woman, you need to ease into it. And I'll explain more about that. But there are benefits to restricting your eating window to even just 12 hours. And I feel like that's a great place for everybody to be. 12 hours of eating and 12 hours of no calories at all. And again, unless you struggle with low blood sugar or if you are breastfeeding or you're pregnant, um, you know, athletes, there's, there's, a small, there's a small window there of people who, who this you know, obviously wouldn't apply to. But for the general population, eating within a 12-hour window is could possibly protect against obesity, metabolic disease. It's going to help to regulate your blood sugar, um, help your digestion. There's a lot of benefits. And 
some research is showing that restricting to an 11 hour feeding window has been shown to reduce the risk of breast cancer and the return of breast cancer by as much as 36%. So let's talk about time-restricted feeding and circadian rhythm. Circadian rhythm is a big deal. And you may have heard about it now because it's getting a lot more attention as of late. But just in case you're like, I don't know what in the hell circadian rhythm means, Alicia. Let's talk about that. Circadian rhythm is the natural cycle of physical, mental, and behavior changes that the body goes through in a 24-hour cycle. Circadian rhythm affects your sleep patterns as well as other ways your body works, like your hormone. Hormone, like you only have one hormone, like your hormones, body temperature, eating habits, and your metabolism. And one thing I want to make sure that we that I mention here, and I think, yeah, I'm just going to do a fact or fiction. Ready for this? Fact or fiction? All right, fact or fiction. Circadian rhythm is only impacted by daytime and nighttime. Fact or fiction. Circadian rhythm is only affected by the light and dark of, of our time throughout the day. All right, that is fiction. Yes, that is a big one. That's why people say get outside in the sun first thing in the morning. It's going to help your circadian rhythm to be on, you know, to be balanced. But what we also know that impacts your circadian rhythm is your eating. So if you're eating really late at night, your body gets confused by the time of day. All right. Research also shows that the metabolism changes throughout the day. We know that in humans, metabolic genes are more active during the day and less active at night. Think about where we come from hundreds of years ago. This makes total sense. The underlying reason for this is that we humans have an internal clock. Every cell in our body has a clock. And we conduct most of our activities during the day, including feeding, working, moving, and then we're resting at night. And that's how our lifestyle has been for thousands of years. So our brain has an internal clock. And it, like I've already mentioned this, it's regulated by light and darkness, okay, the environment that you're in, but also by feeding and fasting, so the timing of food. I'm just, I'm giving a dramatic pause to let this all sink in for a second. Circadian rhythm affects thousands and thousands of genes. Our metabolic physiology is meant to behave differently depending on the time of day it is. And this is going to blow your mind. I should make this a fact or fiction, but I'm just going to give you this one. Even the bacteria in our gut have a circadian clock. So with the invention of artificial lighting, Many people are now eating much later in the evening, and this can have 
hugely adverse consequences. It can also result in a misaligned metabolism. So if that happens, this means when you wake up, your metabolism might be at the end of its cycle that it goes through. So the circadian rhythm is recognized in time-restricted eating, and it is often overlooked in many intermittent fasting programs. So the time window, eating in a 9 to 12-hour window is what I would recommend, and you're starting with 12 Okay, if you've never done this before. So here's some of the benefits that looks like might come from eating within a 9 to 12 hour window. Decreased fat mass, increased lean muscle mass, improved glucose tolerance, that is 100% yes. Improved lipid profile, what does that mean? That means your body is able to utilize fats better. It's easier to, for your body to burn fat. Reduced inflammation. Protection from fatty liver disease, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, I should say. Protection from obesity. Improvements in gene expression. Increased metabolic function. Here's some more things that you should know. For each increased three-hour fasting window at night, this is linked to a 20% reduction in hemoglobin A1C. If you don't know what that means, don't worry about it. But if you're somebody who is pre-diabetic or you have type 2 diabetes, let me say that again. For each increased three-hour fasting window at night, this is linked to a 20% reduction in hemoglobin A1C. Now, that's a big deal. So... You know, if you're snacking until 11 o'clock midnight, try to stop by 9 p.m. It's going to positively impact your A1C. All right, now, for each 10% increase in proportion of calories after 5 p.m., there was a 3% increase in inflammation markers. So that's not good. Eating one additional meal during the day instead of in the evening, was associated with an 8% decrease in inflammation biomarkers. So this means even if you're eating the same amount of food, if you could just shift it to where you're not eating late at night, it's going to help to decrease those inflammation, that inflammation. And this is so important because suppressing inflammation is majorly linked to longevity. Studies show eating within a 12-hour window improved weight loss and improved sleep in normal, healthy adults, and it also helps to balance blood sugar. There's all kinds of reasons for this. Um, eating within a 12-hour window, improving weight loss, and improving sleep. The first thing is, if you eat right before you go to sleep, your body's too busy processing all that food, and it's going to be really hard for you to get good sleep right? Your body's too busy processing the calories, digesting, all that. So that's one of the things why it would help with sleep. Also improved weight loss. It's going to help stabilize your blood sugar, which means less cravings, less hunger. It's kind of a, a way to naturally control caloric intake, but also it's going to allow those insulin levels to go back down to normal, right? And remember when insulin is up, 
you cannot tap into stored fat as fuel. There was a study conducted with two groups of mice. Both groups had the same amount of calories, but one group was able to eat freely and the other group was time restricted. The group on time restriction had 70% less fat at the end of the study. It's a big one. Research shows time-restricted even eating even has benefits if you quote-unquote cheat on the weekend. So in other words, you're not following time-restricted eating on the weekends, right? You're just doing it five days a week. You're still going to get some benefit from that. So how to get started, right? I'm going to wrap this up soon, but let me just tell you how to get started if you want to try this. Aim for at least 12 hours with no calories. And if, like I said, if you are somebody who's never tried this before, do not start with an eight-hour window of eating, especially if you're a woman over 40. We're going to try 12 hours on, 12 hours off. So that means your last calorie. And if you're having a glass of wine at night, that's a calorie. So we're talking no calories for 12 hours. And water, black coffee, tea are fine, okay? So to positively influence circadian rhythm, I want you to listen to this. If you're not, if I've lost you, come back to me. This is a big deal. To positively influence the circadian rhythm, have your window of eating earlier in the day and stop caloric intake early in the evening, so example would be 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., somewhere around there. This one thing will be such a ginormous game changer for you. If you are trying to become more insulin sensitive, if you are trying to have better blood sugar balance, if you were trying to lose weight, trying to sleep better, I'm telling you, give that a whirl. It's a major benefit if you, if you try that. Now, for women or anyone over 40, really, again, start slow. Don't go from eating freely to only eating in an eight-hour window. And start with 12 hours for a few days and just see how you feel. So you're going to look at things like your mood, your energy, your cravings, your sleep. You're feeling good? Okay, great. Now try 11 hours. See how that goes for a few days. Check in with your mood, your energy, your cravings, your sleep, and so on. Another tip is vary your windows of eating. So maybe on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you follow a 10-hour eating window. And on Tuesday and Thursday, you follow an 11-hour eating window. And on the weekends, you try to stick to a 12-hour window of eating. Right? That, that would be amazing doing something like that. And women who still have a cycle, your body is very sensitive to stress during that time. Do not get too drastic with the eating windows during that time. You want to keep them closer to 11 to 12 hours. Because remember, when you're sensitive to stress and you're restricting your calories too much, your body is going to produce more cortisol and then that's going to have that whole cycle of stress, blood sugar, insulin, fat storage, right? Okay. Ah, there we go. I hope that cleared up maybe some 
some questions you might have had about this whole thing. Um, I know this has been around for a while now, but I think a lot of people feel like, you know, intermittent fasting, that's my, that's my, that's the perfect thing for me. Again, let's start calling it time-restricted eating and, or time-restricted feeding, either one of those two. And here it is. Here's the whole gist of this whole entire podcast rolled into one little snippet. We're going to eat within a 9 to 12 hour window. And you're going to shift that window to earlier in the day. Right? We don't want to wait until noon. Another reason, too, that that's so important before you go, I should have told you this before, is that remember cortisol is higher in the morning. That's natural. It's going to peak in the morning, maybe 8 a.m., maybe 9 a.m. So for some women, that peak of the stress hormone cortisol, and then you're not eating on top of that, that can cause your blood sugar to spike high. And I'll tell you right now, that for me is absolutely true. And remember, I'm a type 1 diabetic, so I have on my blood sugar monitor and If I don't eat by 9 a.m., my blood sugar starts to go sky high, even though I haven't had any food. So that is my concern for a lot of women, especially over 40. If you're trying to do this and you're doing the typical like noon to 8 p.m. eating window, I recommend you shift it. And this is really specifically towards women. You shift it to earlier in the day. Okay, so let's try to do like, eight to five, nine to six, something like that. All right. Let me know if you have any questions at all. I'm, I'm here for you, Rever. You know that. And don't forget, if you leave me a review, I will totally be your BFF. Or just leave me a rating. Super duper helpful to get this podcast out there into the world. But I hope you have a fantastic week. I cannot wait to talk to you next week for our little walk and talk session. All right. Bye for now, Reva.